Good morning, Jay Penny here. Um, glad you're joining us this morning uh, by means of Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Uh, if you're new here, uh, I'm Jason, and they call me Jay Penny, and I am in charge of the students. So on Wednesday nights, we we hang out with students, we preach, we sing, we do small groups, and things like that. And so Chris asked me if I would like to preach this week, and I said, sure. Why not? Um, and so I uh, wanted to kind of uh, share a little passage with you this morning. I'm going to start it out with a story or kind of a little bit about myself. Uh, if, if, so if you're new or if you're not new, you might have not known, but I love wrestling. Not like WWE wrestling, but, you know, the real stuff, Olympic style wrestling. Uh, I coach at the school that I teach at and... Um, but I love wrestling. I started when I was in middle school, all through high school, got a scholarship, went to college, got to wrestle in college for a little bit. And, um, you know, but one of the things about wrestling is it's so intense, like just ah, all the time. Like it's a constant intensity of like trying to, to be better than the guy that you're wrestling. And so I promise this will all tie together into the sermon. Um, but a couple of little stories of like when I was in college, you know, it's a big jump between high school and college, like going from wrestling in high school to going to wrestling in, in college. Um, there was this, to, to achieve this intensity, it was hours upon hours upon hours of weightlifting, drilling, conditioning, running, Push-ups, dips, lifting weights, and all these things. And of course, like being a big guy, like I am, like I don't know, maybe it's just showing a headshot here, big guy. And uh, so we really try not to like overexert ourselves very much. You know, that, that's kind of like the running joke, like when you're over 250 pounds, you don't have to have a reason to sweat at all. Um, but we try to like not ex overexert ourselves so much. But it, it seemed like in college every day, Coach was like, all right, we're going for a long run. We're going for a long run. I'm like, man, I didn't know I signed up for cross country here. Um, and then occasionally, like, we would have these mornings or the, the, the night before, Coach, he would say, hey, meet me at the room at 5 a.m. And you knew when he said meet you at the room at 5 a.m., like, there was going to be something real special the next morning. Um, but most of the time, like, meeting at, the, at 5 a.m. meant, hey, load up in the vans. I'm gonna drive you to Georgia and you're gonna run back to the campus. And it usually was a little, at least 13 miles, sometimes a little bit more. And he would always threaten us with like, you better be back before your 8 a.m. class. And so it'd be 5 a.m. and we're all these guys, especially the big guys in the back of the pack running, <laughs> running back to campus. It's dark. Uh, we don't know where we're at. We just know that we're just supposed to stay straight on this one road. Um, but that was like a constant thing to like, to achieve this intensity, the coach would always have us doing something to reach that goal. Like always have us drilling and always having us condition and things like that. And I hated conditioning in high school. I hated, hated conditioning. Like I felt like, you know, but obviously like you got to condition, you got to be in good shape in order to be able to wrestle. But I hated doing it, and I hated running, and I hated doing push-ups, I hated doing all of it. But I knew that if I, if I wanted to be good at what I did, 
Like I had, I had a condition. I had to put work in. Like I knew it, but I didn't want to do it. And the coach knew it, and he knew it was good for me. And so he would push us through these exercises because he was just trying to help us get from point A to point B to try to be the best that we could be. And of course, you're a college student. A lot of you have probably been there at some point of like, hey, I'm freshman in college. I'm not staying in my parents' house anymore. I'm going to stay out late. And of course, we would in our dumb selves would stay out late on the days that coach would be like, be in at 5 a.m. Um, and so even though like 4.45 would roll around, the alarm would go off, and you're just laying in bed, and you're thinking, gosh, I don't want to get up. But in the back of our head, it was we knew it was for our good, but we were also pretty scared of uh, <laughs> what the coach would do if we didn't show up to our 5 a.m. practices. And so... Um, even though my body said no, I, it, I knew it was for my good. Uh, so talking about conditioning, that's kind of where we're going to go today. And the passage we're going to be in is in, in first Timothy. Um, but before we get there, just kind of to address the whole COVID situation and all the things that have been going on with COVID, it's really stunk in more ways than ones. Like besides the actual effects of, of the virus and people getting sick, you know, it, it's just stunk not getting to be together. Like for, for me, like we quit teaching in March and not seeing the kids that we teach since March. And, and then here, like at 24 Church, we hadn't been able to do fuel since March. And, you know, and it's kind of hard to like get to see the kids and you miss seeing seeing them and then you know you hate and you you hate not being able to gather together on like Sunday mornings and like see one another and like shake hands and hug one another and things and so covid's just been it's been tough it's been tough on a lot of people um you know tough on you tough on me tough on a lot of us um but so you know of course, another kind of maybe a lighthearted side of, to, of the Corona thing. You know, everybody's heard about like the Corona 15 and things like that. And of course, being a big guy, you know, I'm going to partake in the Corona 15. Um, but, you know, you hate when people tell you that. So, I, you know, a few several weeks ago, um, someone came up to me, a friend of mine came up to me. Uh, that I hadn't seen in a while I was like, hey, it looks like the, the Rona got you too. Uh, talking about referring to my weight gain, of course, I had to agree with him um, that I had. Um, you know, before this, like I used to be in shape, like in a little different shape than round. Like I was kind of like in shape and not a round shape. But um, I had to agree with him because my wife is a killer cook. And so therefore we've been eating like fresh pasta and, and homemade chocolate chip cookies. And just yesterday I delighted myself in a Joey's house of pizza, like double crust pizza. And thank you, Chris Royalty for, you know, putting that out there <laughs> and it was good. So, um, but besides eating well and a lot of it, you know, honestly, this this past twenty or so weeks that that we hadn't been together has kind of personally led me 
towards a little bit of apathy in my walk um, with Christ. Like, it's kind of made me just like not care. Um, you know, not having church on Sundays and Wednesdays, you know, Wednesday night services with the students and like literally not getting to sit and hear somebody speak the word over me. Um, instead, sitting at a computer or a TV screen and then hearing somebody speak to a camera and those words being spoke over you, like for me, it's just been tough. And like to be totally transparent and honest, like I kind of quit watching, you know, live streams and quit reading my Bible and quit praying and like quit doing a lot of stuff and just, you know, really from just not being together with people and just kind of lost the desire to even want to pursue God in, in a lot of ways. Um, which honestly leads to even this unworthiness to even feel like preaching, you know, uh, you know, I was glad Chris asked me to preach, but in reality, I didn't want to preach. Like, I didn't feel like I haven't read my Bible up until a couple days ago to preach this sermon, you know, in like 20 weeks. And, uh, you know, mainly because like my walk has pretty much been non-existent. And so uh, I have not looked forward to preaching this. Um but I know that God can use idiots and he can use people who, who don't listen to him and like turn away, you know, to, to speak. And so I am, I'm glad I'm getting to do this and I'm preaching to myself, but maybe some of you are in the same boat that I've been over the past 20 some weeks. Um, and so we're going to be in First Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to be going from verses 6 until 10. And it starts like this. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. It says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Verse 7. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is, our, who is the Savior of all people especially of those who believe. You see, one of the things that Paul is dealing with, like as he's planted these churches, like he would go and he would plant these churches and he would put guys like Timothy in, in place to, to lead these churches. But as like when he would leave, false teachers would come in. Like the, the things that he had taught and the, the things that people had learned before they, they come to be a follower of Christ, started creeping back in and they started preaching idolatry and they, they started, um, you know, preaching about like salvation through, through works and through good deeds. And you have these Pharisees that are, that are holy people and they're holy because they're good folks. They're good people. And so Paul is constantly 
having to fight against this false gospel that's being preached to all these churches. You know, we see this even a lot, uh, you know, in, in the area that, that we live in today, in Cheatham County and Pleasant View. Um, is there still people that struggle with this idea that their salvation is based upon how good of a person they are? Um, we see Paul in Galatians chapter 1, he says if anyone preaches anything different than what he preached, let that guy be accursed. Like, let him be cursed. And you know, so uh, it was a major issue. And so Paul's talking to Timothy at this point, And he's like, hey, if you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Jesus Christ. Being trained in the words of the faith and the good doctrine that you have followed. He says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, but train yourself for godliness. So we're going to kind of just take this for the next few moments and just break it apart. So starting with verse 6, one of the questions that, that I kind of wrote asking myself as I was thinking through this is, what does it mean to be a good servant of Jesus? Like it says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. So what does it mean to be a good servant of Jesus? Like we could take this statement in this passage and we can say, hey, this is our big picture statement. This is our purpose right here, to be good servants of Jesus. It says a good servant is a follower of Christ. Like a good servant is somebody who's put their faith and trust in Jesus through their words and their actions, through every little thing in their life they are trying to paint a picture of who Jesus is. Like they're trying to point others to Jesus through every aspect of their life. Living a life where, where you encounter others, and like when you encounter others, people see that there's something different between you and the rest of the world. And so being a good servant means that you, you're, you're helping folks see Jesus, you know, through your actions and through your words. And, and by, by no means are we perfect, like right here, you know, I am by no means perfect and feel totally unworthy to even preach today. But I strive, I strive to, to, to be better. Like I strive towards that mark of being a good servant. Like I, I want in my soul, like, I want to be a good servant, but I really stink at it some days. And especially now, I really feel like I've not been a good servant of Jesus Christ. And so then we go into verses 7 and 8. How do we strive towards that mark? Like, when, when things aren't going the way that we think they should go, like, how do we strive towards that mark of being a good servant? Paul says, don't listen to all the crazies out there. Like, don't listen to all the old doctrine that you were taught. Like, you know, if we were to relate that into this world, this day and age, like, don't listen to the doctrine that you were taught that, that it's Jesus plus something. Jesus plus your good works. Jesus plus having to be baptized in order to be able to, to, to have a... Uh, to be able to make your way into heaven, like to, to, to have eternal life. Don't get caught up in all of the bad doctrine. He also says, you know, or don't get caught up in what the world says. Like, don't get caught up into, you know, 
because there are so many things in this world that have became, become moral, moralized. Like, don't get caught up in all those things. Like, let your moral compass point towards Christ. And don't get caught up in what the world says is right, but get caught up in what Jesus says is right. And so it says, Paul says, but rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, holiness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Like we have to train ourselves through spiritual disciplines. Like we've got to do things because we know it's for our good. You know, I'm terrible about like, telling my wife, like, gosh, I have got a headache. Not a corona headache, just a headache. But like, like I've got a headache. And she's like, have you taken any medicine? And I'm like, no, I haven't taken any medicine. She was like, all right, dummy, like, take some Tylenol and your head will feel better instead of just suffering it out. Like, there's so often, so many times in our life, like, we know what's for our good, but yet we don't do it. And so Paul says, train yourself for godliness. Just like we should train ourselves physically, like physically train our bodies, you know, and, but we should more than anything train our, our souls, train our minds and our hearts towards godliness. Um, after the whole like Corona 15 comment about eating well, um, I know like I need to be more disciplined. Like I've spent many of days in a gym and ran marathons and ran triathlons and like ate broccoli and chicken all the time in order to like eat healthy. Um, and I know what it takes to get to that point and to, to live healthy. You know, but sometimes like I just don't feel like it. Like it's just even kind of a, that, that spirit of apathy even in, in our, our everyday lives. Um, you know, and all it takes is that desire, like to want to be back in the gym, like to, to want to work out, to like want to eat like smaller portions or healthier foods. Like those are all things that I already know. And it's not like it's some hidden secret like, Ta-da, as seen on TV, this will help you lose weight. Like, like, I know these things. And so I feel the very much the same way about my spiritual life right now as I do, like, even with my physical life. Like, I know I need to be more disciplined. Like, I know there are things that I can do that are going to draw me closer to Christ. Like, I know they will because I've done them before. Like, I know that when I spend time in prayer that I'm going to draw closer to God. You know, Scripture even says, like, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. When we do these things, when we, when we have these spiritual disciplines, it allows us to be able to experience what it means to have that relationship with Jesus. Like I said, there are things that we can do that draw us near to God, but hear me. This does not get you into heaven. Like, doing these things does not get you into heaven. So I don't want this to get caught up in someone's mind that this is, this is the how-to checklist of how to make sure that you're good enough in order to be able to have eternal life. 
This is not what it is. This does not make you, this does not make God love you more. These are things that can help you to fully experience God and to be good servants of Jesus. That's all it is. You know, like the first spiritual discipline that like I know would would help my life personally is praying. It's just like if I would just take time to spend time talking to God, having conversations with him, like spending time going, going to him on the behalf of other people, praying for other people, like giving him praise. Like if I would take time to like have these conversations to God to let him know how thankful I am, like how grateful I am, how good he is, like to, to pray for other people and to pray for other situations. Like I know if I would do those things that God would draw near to me. And again, it's like going back to that Tylenol thing with a headache. Like if, if we know that we need to take the medicine, but we don't, like what are we, what are we doing? Another thing that we can do like as a spiritual discipline is just meditating. And like, I don't mean like, um, meditating, like with our legs crossed and everything. And I mean, I guess if you want to like sit with your legs crossed and think on Jesus, you could. But I'm talking about just like setting our minds on Jesus, setting our minds on the kingdom, like setting our minds, thinking deeply on a passage of scripture, like reading a, a passage of scripture and just thinking about it over and over and over again. And like going to God and saying, God, like, what does this mean? What are you saying? Like, what does this passage mean? And how are you speaking to me through it? Meditating um, could be even just thinking on his goodness. Like just thinking of, thinking of all the good things that God has done in our lives. Or like even thinking of the bad things, how God's directed things in our lives through sin or through bad situations and like, and like realizing that God is in control of everything that we do and just meditating and really dwelling on those things. Thinking about his grace and his goodness, and his love. You know, it might be sitting and, and listening to a, a song, like a worship song, like in your car as you're driving to work, or in your, your earbuds or something like that, and just really, really trying to focus on the message of the song and the object of the worship, Jesus. Like prayer, meditating, things that cause us to fall more in love with God, things that cause us to draw near to God, that bend and shape our hearts towards God. You know, other ways that we won't really get into, other ways of, of spiritual disciplines, but not limited to, is, is serving. Like, just serving other people. Doing and helping other folks like Learning, going and learning and reading your Bible and trying to understand passages of Scripture, like learning how to, you know, whatever, like the meta narrative of the Bible, or, you know, but learning is another way of spiritual discipline. Worshiping, you know, giving, giving's another way. Of, of it. Like at, at 24 Church, we really, you know, we want people to give of their time their talent, and their treasures. Like we want people to give of the, the gifts that God gave them. 
like of their talents. Like if they're good with kids, like work with kids, work with kids. Like if you're really, really good at, at talking to folks and starting up conversations, work as a greeter, be a part of the greeting team. Like, like do the things that God's given you a gift of. And so these are just ways, these are spiritual disciplines of things that kind of draw us and point us towards Jesus. But again, this doesn't get us into heaven. These aren't check boxes that we check off. Like I did that today. I did that this week. I went to church on Sunday. It's none of that, but it's, it's just things that, that we can do. And like personally in my life, like as I've, as I've dwelled and thought about this message and like whatever's going to preach of, of these things of like, Jason, like you need to spend time in prayer. You know, another one, man, and this is what's been a hard one. It's like spending time in fellowship with other people. Like that's a spiritual discipline. Like spending time in fellowship, like Christ-centered fellowship with other people. And like we haven't been able to do that. And, and, and it's tough and it's, it's hard on the spirit to not be able to do those things. So Don Whitley, he's a professor of biblical spirituality at, at, South, uh, at Southern Seminary. He makes this quote. He says, Now the goal of practicing any given discipline is not about as, doing it as much as it is about being. It's like being like Jesus. Being with Jesus. But the biblical way to grow and being more like Jesus is through the rightly motivated doing of biblical spiritual disciplines. Like the reason that we do these things, again, is it's not that we gain merit or favor in God's eyes, but that we do these things that we might in order that we might fall more in love with Jesus, that we might look more like Jesus. Because if we're going to be those good servants that Paul talks about in verse 6, We've got to practice these, these disciplines. Like we've got to do these things. And from the right intentions, from the heart, from wanting to be more like Christ. And so we close with this in verse 10, and it says, For to this end we toil, toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. We're going to fail at this, guys. We're going to fail at being good servants of Jesus. But we strive towards that holiness and that godliness because godliness is crucial to spread the gospel. That if we're not spending time in the Word and we're not, if, we're, if we're not looking like Jesus, it's going to be real hard to paint a picture of what Jesus looks like to other people, to this world. And I'm still a big guy that needs more discipline in his life. And I still don't feel worthy enough to preach this sermon and preaching it to myself. But sometimes we have got to make ourselves do things because we know it's for our own good and for the good of the world around us. Let's pray. 
God, we thank you for this morning. God, we just thank you for your word. God, I, I pray for folks in this room, including myself, God, that you would work in our lives. God, give us a desire and a zeal to want to follow you and know more about you. God, I just pray that you would help me with my relationship with you. God, that you've, your relationship's never changed with me. But God, help me to recognize and realize that, God. And I pray that you would just, you would just help me to fall more in love with you. God, I pray for the same prayer for those in this room. God, I pray for those that are hurting. God, that, that, that whether it's through COVID, directly related to COVID or just life in general, God, I just pray that you would, you would do your will and you would have your hand in those situations. God, we love you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.